All right, and welcome to another episode of the Seeing Red podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe Emanzata, here on a extremely chilly uh, February 10th Sunday afternoon, here to talk about all things Calgary Flames, hopefully warm you up a little bit. It is but, colder here than it is at the North Pole right now. No way. Is that's, that a fact? That's science. Wow. Did uh, Santa Claus tell you that, or yeah. who's your source here? Penguins. Penguins? Nice. All right. <laughs> Uh, that voice you overheard, uh, I guess we're not even going to wait to get into the fucking line. I'm sure he's going to jump the gun like that. Yeah. Uh, he can't eat weed, but is in fact bring the heat fresh off a trip to Mexico. Yeah. Matt Goob, how's it going? Great. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. For those of you wondering why there was no show last week, it's because Matt Goob being the diva he is was our lone representative at the all-star game. <laughs> uh, but got lost somehow and ended up at a wedding in Mexico. So, so. San Jose <laughs> sounds Spanish, yeah. right? Get off the airport airplane in Cancun. No hockey players, right. no no rinks. Yeah, it was very disorienting. But there was a Panama Jacks there, right? There was. Yeah, yeah. What was that like? Uh, f- from what I remember, it was fun. Yeah, there was lots of booze. Mm-hmm. Did not throw up all week. Wow. Wanted you both to know that for a whole week, hey? Yeah. Wow, I'm impressed. Seven days of bottomless bars, you no throwing up. Also, bafflingly, you seem to have gained no color whatsoever. You're not redder. You're not tanner. You're just. Uh, all the red has peeled off already. Uh, yes, yes. If you see my back, it looks like one of those like before pictures on mm-hmm. like some skincare commercial. Yep. But uh, all right, one more thing I have to get into before we uh, introduce our our you know last member here. What the fuck? You have some explaining to do. Did, Cody, did you see what he put up on Instagram today on a story? That chicken and waffles. Yeah. Thing? yeah. What the fuck was that? Was that Eggos <laughs> with like with uh, Pinty's buffalo chicken flings? <laughs> Uh, chicken and waffles yeah yeah i I mean (laughs) technically yes yeah that's like calling like fucking mustard between two pieces of wonder bread a sandwich i'm just saying we could have gone out for chicken waffles for like 22 bucks yeah or i could just make chicken and make waffles these are not the same thing (laughs) uh uh, i i haven't introduced him yet but you already overheard him the take keith to my jb block boy cody dickinson how's it going What's good? Uh, I'm good. I realized that obviously the show was in our little bit of a hiatus when that song was very popular. And so because I still like that song, I thought I'd, I'd cash that in while I still can. Is that like Toby Keith's brother? To- yeah, take Keith. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Fuck these people up. All right. So uh, obviously long layover. Time for the flagship segment of the show. Naming rights still available for those of you interested. Matt Goob is back to give you Ruslan's Lay of the Land. Matt Goob, take it away. Okay, so we uh, we came back from the All Star break on the road mm-hmm. uh, in Washington, lost four three, and then we were in Carolina and won that game four three. Both games were kind of weird. I thought we like looked a little flat, but mm-hmm. then we had another three day break. Like I feel like we barely played since the All Star break. Uh, at came back home, lost to the Sharks five two in kind of a frustrating game. And then last night on Hockey Night in Canada, lost in a shootout to the Canucks 4-3. Pretty disappointing. And then this week coming up, we go back on the road. We are at Tampa Bay, at Florida, and at Pittsburgh. Okay. All right. So a lot to unpack there, obviously. First thing to to mention is that this team is going through the closest thing it's had to a slump basically since October, right? Lost three of our last four. Three of our last four. And kind of done so on some self-inflicted shit. Yeah. Obviously, the thing that is the most uh, recognizable is the the management. I guess the mismanagement of the goaltending situation, right? Because fresh off the break, you start Mike Smith against Washington bafflingly. 
for whatever reason. Yeah. And you take the L there. Then, obviously, go to Carolina. You pick up a win there. Then, uh, against San Jose, Riddish gives up those two quick ones. But then Mike yeah. Smith comes in and also lets in a shitty one. Yeah. I don't know. I, the, I feel like both goalies are not playing good. And I also don't want to overreact because it's only been four games. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to have a couple games in a row where the goalies just, like, aren't playing well. Right. But, like, they're both playing the puck way too much and playing it poorly. Yep. I feel like like the fact that Bill Peters yanked Riddich six minutes into a game at mm-hmm. home. And I think we had scored. It was 2-1. Like, it wasn't like... I, I don't have a problem with it. Because, really? yeah, I don't because both those two goals were like shitty, like very bad, very, very bad goals. And so, yeah. I mean, that's that's why you yank your goal. You're like, yo, he's just not feeling it tonight. Right? So the one was the Evander Kane spinorama along the ice that, yeah, he he whiffed on. Yeah. But the other one was he plays right into Brent Burns. But Sam, it's four on four. And Sam Bennett, I don't know what happens in the neutral he has zone. Poke checked, yeah. But like the, he's play. the last man back. And just like stands there like a statue instead of making a pass. Okay, the way I saw it Gets was turnstiled by Brent Burns. Brent Burns obviously poke checks it, right? Yes. But he poke checks it so deep down the ice that it shouldn't be an issue, right? And then yeah, obviously wins the foot race, but like that's I think that's a puck that Rich just has to play better, right? That that's got to be a routine like you dump it into the wall or whatever. Are you lumping that into like them playing the puck? Or? I was gonna say goaltending in general. Like yes, oh. he skates out to try and make a play on the puck but he has to do that because our idiotic like like breakout third line winger yeah. decides to give it away so if he doesn't go get the puck brent burns more or less has a breakaway mm-hmm. so i feel like he was put in a precarious position that he then tried to salvage he tries to clear the puck it hits burns in the shin pads and he has a goal that me or you could have scored right you were <sighs> like right. it's not like he whiffed on a shot you know what i mean like yes he yeah. misplayed it and yes it's a fuck up but okay, but you see those two plays in rapid succession, and then yeah. you immediately think, okay, maybe it's just not his night tonight, right? And I, I think that's why you pull your goalie. Yeah, you know, and and to do so early in the first period, I guess the idea or the thinking there is that you're kind of salvaging the game, right? If you leave that goalie in there and he gives up another two softies, yeah, you know, now you're down four one at home as opposed to two. I think it's relevant that it was against the Sharks in a four point game that mm-hmm. they're chasing us. They was treated like a playoff game, right? And like we've seen very recently how like teams with two goalies, like you have a short ass leash in the playoffs, right? right? You let in one soft one, it's like the Brian Elliott, Chad Johnson thing, right? Yeah. Like I don't care if first period, third period, if you let in a bad goal, you're out of there because we can't stand that. And I think if this game was against the Ducks or the Kings, maybe Riddich stays in. Mm-hmm. But because it was this tight game against the Sharks, he had the short, the short, short leash. Yeah. I think it's interesting to mention that all year we've led up to this and we've kind of gone back and forth, whether, you know, being Mike Smith apologists and and being Mike Smith haters. And obviously the truth is somewhere in between. But I think it's become evident. I mean, we're in fucking February now that there is an issue with your assuming David Riddich is your one A at the very least. You need to sort out the one B because on a night where Dave Riddich is not on his uh you know playing his best or even currently right he gives up four goals in carolina well i know or he gives up three goals in carolina has the two shitty ones against the sharks leaves lets in a squeaker against vancouver maybe he's slumping right now he will but it sucks that your yeah. your backup plan is not in a position to, to come and contribute in a way while david riddich is sorting out his game right now totally i i do think like we've talked about deadline and blah blah like i think it's becoming clearer and clearer that we should address the goaltender position before before it becomes the deadline yeah 
because like and so in Vancouver, if you didn't watch the game last night, like Markstrom played out of his mind. He mm-hmm. made a, a a huge save after huge save. And we outshot them, I think, 48 to 23 or something and losing a shootout. Yeah. And like, it's not like Ridge played bad. He had one goal that maybe he wants back. But like you got we got out goaltended right? right by a team that's a fringe wild card team like this. The Canucks are not. They're not. They're not playing for the Stanley Cup this year. I can comfortably say but that. But they right? are yeah. able to, you know, beat us in that position. Mm-hmm. And it was just, I don't know, it became very clear to me after the debacle against San Jose that we are better. We have five guys on the ice that are better than the other five, but mm-hmm. the sixth dude is what's costing us games. Right. Yeah. Like last night, you saw a perfect example of like a goalie stealing a game. Correct. Stop fifty fucking shots. Right. Yeah. So you know, and we don't. I'm not sure we have that guy. Right. I'm not. I don't think Riddich has ever had to be tested to that extent yet. No. And and Mike Smith certainly can't can't do it. So, you know, ideally you would like to pick up someone who has that and maybe you know limit Riddich's starts. But that's probably too rich for our blood, as we've talked with obviously yeah. Sergey Bobrovsky or like a big ticket item like that. So yeah, I guess you know, long story longer, you got to find somebody who can come in here and give you a couple quality starts in relief of David Riddich and also, you know, get hot on, yeah. on times like this where he's obviously sorting some things out. But uh, it's not all doom and gloom, I should say, because against the Sharks, the Flames easily could have won that game 10-5. Oh, yeah. Like they, For what it's worth, we also outshot them like 45 to 30-something. Like that yeah, one wasn't quite as crazy, but yeah. Maybe it's just you look at the like puck luck factor. That's two games. Mm-hmm. If we continually put forty eight shots on net, like we're gonna win. Yeah. And if Ridge lets in three goals every game against forty eight shots, that's probably good enough. Yeah. We maybe just got some bad luck the last two games. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's so. exactly. It's not all doom and gloom, but uh, but yeah, it's it's a little concerning that you know uh, another thing worth mentioning I should say is the the trend of starting slowly was yeah. uh, exploited out here, right? Obviously, they fell behind in Washington. They were down 3-1. They made it a game. The Caps won on a late power play. Right. Carolina, I can't quite remember how that game went. San Jose, obviously, they gave up the two shitty ones, scored one, and then were down 3-1, and then played from... Or, or down... Yeah, 3-1. They scored one more, make it interesting. Yeah. Explode open. And then Vancouver... Uh, Vancouver was up 1-0 in the 2-1, yeah. right? So you're, you're obviously playing from behind constantly that's got to be taxing and that's got to that's got to burn you out eventually yeah absolutely well in the post-game presser after the sharks game that's what bill peter said they asked him about the goalie switch mm-hmm. he's like we needed to spark it because we need to score soon because if you're chasing a two goal deficit the whole game yeah you can't deploy players the same way like you shorten your bench you're right you know taking more aggressive chances that end up biting you in the ass mm-hmm. It's so much easier to play f- from ahead. Yeah, you can be more conservative, more play more intelligently, slow the pace down. Did Bill Peters say this? Well, no. Like basically, you're like, yeah. Kind he of. said that he made the change to try to try and spark the team. Yep. Because he didn't want to chase the uh, whole game, see, and he basically said it didn't work out. Right. That's actually like I I appreciate him like you know pulling back the curtain there. That's that's kind of cool. I like the fact that he's uh, willing to be like, yo man, I made a decision based yep. off this. It wasn't you know out of the sky. That's that's fucking cool. I and he's, he actually it was a cool presser. He said we thought about putting Dave back in to start the second period, mm-hmm. but decided not to. Right. And honestly, we only scored two goals. Like it probably wouldn't have made a difference one way or the yeah. other. Yeah, yeah. But it was kind of cool just to see like what he's mm-hmm. looking at, I guess. And it wasn't just a blanket. All right, Mike. Like this yep. is yours. You're the starter for next week. He was like, hey, you get the rest of the period, and then we'll reevaluate. 
Right. So Tampa Bay and what is going to be a Stanley Cup Finals preview <laughs> uh, this Tuesday. You're, you're going back to Riddich, right? No question here. I think you have to. You have to, right? He neither goalie is playing particularly well right now, but he's probably your best bet. If you, and it's bet, like a three game road trip. I guess Tampa to Florida is not like a big like travel. Mm-mm. And like you, I'm just thinking between, you probably right? give Smith one of these games, right? Yeah. So you probably go Riddich, Smith, Riddich. Yeah, I think so. Barring too. a disaster, a seven goal blow up, an injury, whatever. Right, right, right. For sure. And then Florida being the weakest of the three teams, mm-hmm. then you get Mike Smith that game, and then Pittsburgh on Saturday. Right. You go back. And the answer is keeping everybody like fresh and healthy. That's like, what I'm that's, thinking. Yeah. Okay. Uh, speaking of fresh and healthy, can I just run something by you here? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's a little too early to talk about President's Trophies, but the Flames <laughs> are obviously the best team in the Western Conference by points. Yeah. And so they are, at least in theory, chasing for the President's Trophy. Sure. Okay. In recent years, do you know who the last team was to win the President's Trophy and the Stanley Cup in the same year? Capitals? Nope. President's Trophies. It's recent enough that, like, you're not going back for, like, the 1982 Newark Islanders. Like, it's, it's still pretty recent. Red Wings. Red Wings? No. Okay. I'll, I'll save you a guessing game. You want one more? Take a stab. Mm, Pittsburgh. Nope. Chicago no. Blackhawks, 2013. Ah, you're yeah. right. They won like 24. They went win. They were like lost 20, list. Yeah. 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 That's Points right. in their first 25. Them and the Heat. Do you remember that? The Heat yeah. were like winning like every single basketball game. And I believe the Cavaliers lost every game. Oh, yeah. That's right. Like they wow, were 0 in 32, and the Heat were like 32 and 0. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. So check this out. Okay. Since then. 2014 Bruins President's Trophy lost in the second round to the Habs in seven. Okay, 2015 New York Rangers actually a deep playoff run lost in the third round to the Lightning in seven. Okay, 2016 the Washington Capitals losing the second round to Pittsburgh in six games. 2017 for the NHL's 100th season the Capitals <laughs> lose to the Penguins in seven games, and then in 2018 the Predators lose to the Winnipeg Jets in the second round in seven games. Wow. Okay? So uh, basically. By presenting you all that information, I'm uh, posing the question, do you believe in peaking too early? Do you believe in burning yourself out, playing for, obviously, in, in the attempt to be the number one team in the NHL and, you know, maybe get home ice throughout the playoffs? Do you kind of do yourself a disservice and, uh, you know, obviously by burning yourself out? Uh, I would interpret that differently. Presumably, you play the most games against your division rivals, right? Right. So I'd say a President's Trophy win means that you had the weakest division. Mm-hmm. So I would maybe say if your division sucks and you get a bunch of really easy games, right. that does not prepare you for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And that's why those teams are frequently eliminated early. So I think the fact that as much as the Oilers suck, they always play us tough. Right. The Ducks suck. They seem to always play us tough. Mm-hmm. Like the Sharks are tough. The Knights are tough. Phoenix is like three points out. Like, I think the fact that our division's kind of a meat grinder, we just lost to the Canucks last night. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was the Sharks. It hurts our overall point total. So we probably won't win the President's Trophy. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I think that prepares us for like two week long seven game series. Okay. uh, Let me hit you with one more question Have we seen the best Flames team already? Or is there room to get better? Are the Flames, have we seen the Flames like play at their absolute pinnacle? No. No? You think they can still be better? Yes. Who can be better? I think... I think David Riddish has already played the best he possibly can. The, NA, the Flames have the top first line in the NHL. Right? Yeah. Everyone's plus a million. The Flames are already so fucking good. And let me tell you, Matt Cube, this has been weird for me because I've never had to address this before. Maybe the Flames have, like, peaked too early. Mm. It's, 
lost three of their last four. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see because you have a tough schedule coming up. You have the Lightning, who are obviously the best team in the NHL. You have the Panthers, who are heating up a little bit. You have the Penguins, who are always a tough out. And then you're back to the crib. If you drop two of the next three, right, all of a sudden you've dropped five of your last seven. Yeah. You know? You know? You know what I'm saying? Picking up what I'm throwing down. But, like, I do see what you're saying. Uh, and like Gaudreau had that, I want to say 10 game point streak with like 23 points, like some yeah. crazy stretch, mm-hmm. but also like Hamnick's playing hurt right now. Yeah. So if he can get healthy, he'll, he will be better come playoff time. Right. James Neal is playing the best hockey of the season right now, even though what Matthew, what <laughs> enough, <laughs> enough of that. Are you, whatever that is, just stop it. He's playing his best hockey of the season. Yes. Congratulations, man. Like, uh, like his best hockey this season is like, what, one goal in the whole month? I don't know. He had another point last night on the power play, I think. Man, we broke this down like two weeks ago. He's averaging one goal a month all season long. He gets like one goal in the first week of the season or of, of the month, and that's it. I'm not saying that he's a top-line winger. Okay. I'm not saying he's not fighting it You're a little bit. You're saying he found his game? He is. He was pathetic the first month. Yeah. He was <laughs> miserable the second month, and I think now he is functioning okay. as a third-line grinder. Okay. Okay, sure. I'll give you that. I think James Neal's playing better than he was two months ago. Okay. I think our young D, Anderson, mm-hmm. playing the best hockey of the year. Right. He was, I don't want to say invisible, but less impactful, sheltered minutes to start of the year. Okay. I think since Val Mackey's gone down and he's had to step up, I think he's done a way better job. Right. I think all of, like, you know, Sam Bennett's taking less stupid fucking penalties. Right. I think we're trending. We're not trending down. Okay. I think this is the team. We're playing at a whatever win seven out of ten or like a sixty-six percent point percentage or however they calculate that. Right. I think that just is the flames this year. Okay. I don't think we're, you know, riding a big Yeah, we don't have like the big PDO. Yeah. Uh, and waiting for it to regress or whatever. Shooting thirty-three percent. Mm-hmm. I kind of think this just like is the flames. Yeah, no, I, I truly believe they're really good. And uh I'm not sure I'm not sure how much better they can be because I mean, like if you if you look at the narratives surrounding the team all year, obviously the first one was what's going to go on with goaltending. We think we've sorted out with David Riddich, who's playing really well. But as we had addressed earlier in the show this week, he's slumping a little bit right, right. now. OK, the next one is what are you going to get out of your bottom six? Right. Because your top six is pretty much set in stone. Backland stud, Froelich stud, Kachuk stud, you know, the yeah. purple, purple rain line studs, all of them, right? But that kid. What's the bottom going to do? So James Neal, like you said, he's picking up his game a little bit. Totally. Sam Bennett's doing okay. Jankhouse, he's had like the closest thing he's ever had to a breakout year. Totally. Derek Ryan is as hot as any fourth line center in the league right now. Agree. He's doing Manja great. Pane scored a highlight real goal. Garnett Hathaway has solidified himself as a special teams darling, right? Yeah. I'm not sure how much better this team can be. Right, that that's kind of like. But what like my you just is. said, it how Froelich's a stud. He was healthy scratch not a month ago. His agent was like, "I hate this organization. You got to trade him." Right. He was playing seven minutes on the fourth line, mm-hmm. and now like that three M line's playing great together. Yeah. Do you not think that that's like a trending up? It's not okay. like sure. It, it and that be. was all happening while the Flames were winning like ten in a row and cleaning up the division. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, in the interest of keeping everybody healthy, say you go on this road trip. Yeah. And you come away with let's call it four points out of a possible six. Okay, however you sure. want to, however you want to mix that up. Do you consider resting Travis Hamanek for like a week when you're back in the crib playing the Coyotes and the Ducks and shit? I don't hate that idea. I don't know if a week, but like, if, I think Valimaki is like because he's coming back. That's exactly that was going to lead to my next point because yes. Valimaki is coming back. Stone is presumably supposed to be coming back. Yeah. Are they are they like you know throwing Travis Hamanek's carcass out there right now? 
just until those guys get healthy? And then do you consider maybe letting them rest? Because obviously this team has its sights set on a deep playoff run. Totally. I don't hate that idea. Yeah. I think Hamnick is playing good. Like it, the both the last two games at the end of regulation against the Canucks, like he was getting slap shots in the side of the head over and over <laughs> yeah. against the Sharks. He like left the ice shaking his hand. That's right. Right. Like mm-hmm. he was injured and he ended up playing like I think he could he's playing great. He's doing a great job, but he could also use a couple of games off. He's actually been in a, an unsung hero of the team this year. I think he's taken a, a huge step and really helped solidify that, yeah. that back end. And he's yeah, he's excellent. I made this joke the other day and y'all poo pooed me, but like he's literally Chris Russell, except less expensive and better at everything. True. He's an awesome shot blocker. He's great in his own end. He doesn't really bring a ton offensively, but he also can make smart passes. Mm-hmm. I think he's bigger than Chris Russell. He's smarter. He doesn't starfish quite as much as Chris Russell, and he's making less dough. Yeah. Like I just I'm thinking in terms of long, you know, flames last five years. Like what an improvement that D three four position we yeah. have. Yeah, We've with done, Hammond right? and Hannafin, that's better. Than like, how much better is he? The, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay, that seems like a good, nice little tidy place to put a pin in it for now. Uh, when we return after the break, we have a fan-submitted question that Matt Goob and I are going to di- dissect for you. Hey, Matt, I just picked up this fancy new Instagram thing. And while it's pretty cool with all the scantily clad ladies selling teeth whitening kits, I'm actually looking for some Flames content. You should check out the Seeing Red Instagram account. Hmm, Seeing Red Instagram account? I'm unfamiliar. It's full of Flames content, interactive polls, and funny jokes about us. Wow, that sounds great. You can find us at Seeing Red Podcast, as well as on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. All right. So uh, the second segment was a fan-submitted question that actually has... Quite a bit of meat to it, so we're going to kind of stretch it out into a mid-segment here. It's from Spencer Sakura. The guy lives in the Stone Age and doesn't have Twitter, so I can't <laughs> drop his handle. But uh, if you, you know, have a carrier pigeon or something, we can you can reach us that way too. Right. He was asking for most overrated and most underrated flames of all time, I guess, or recent memory or however you want to do it. Yep. I thought that was an interesting question because, you know, you always think of like how James Neal was overrated when we signed him or like... You know, Michael Backlund was critically underrated just until like two years ago when the league learned that he was good. Mm -hmm. Like, are there guys that you remember being awesome? And then when you kind of went back in time and looked, they actually weren't that good. Right. In uh, in preparing for this question, I actually struggled a little bit because obviously in recent memory, we haven't in order to have overrated players, you need to have guys who people rave about. Right. Right. And so. That's been Jerome McGinley for a long time. I'm not going to hear. I'm not going to be here to tell you that Jerome McGinley was overrated because I don't believe that. I think he was very appropriately rated as like a top five player in the league for however long he was here. Right. Uh, so I had to go back, and I, you know, I hate doing that because obviously I never watched any of these guys. But just in looking at the box scores, my overrated player, and this is going to ruffle some feathers. I know it is uh, Lenny McDonald. Uh, oh, I know. One of our few retired numbers, our two retired numbers, You're right? You're never going to buy a Toyota now. I know. No kidding. Hey, <laughs> tell them Lanny sent you. Jesus. <laughs> okay. Lanny, I love you, man. Uh, especially because obviously you're an Alberta boy from, uh, you know, the same place as my beloved Nickelback. And uh, you played for the Calgary Flames. And you know what? You want to cup here. Uh, let's just talk about his career highlights with the Flames. He played six seasons here. Uh, four pretty productive seasons. Uh, most notably, obviously, 82-83, where you scored 66 fucking goals, right? Wow. 66 goals is a ton of goals, even in the 80s. Right. You would think that's an Art Ross, right? He didn't win it. Do you <laughs> have it? Quick trivia. Do you know who won the Art Ross that year? 82-83? Or who won the Rocket, I should say? Mike Bossy. No, good swing. One more. 
Is he an Islander? It's pretty obvious when you think about it. Wayne Gretzky. You got it. Okay. okay. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky scored 71 fucking goals that year. Damn. Lenny was close, though. Really close, right? Classic Calgary Flames little brother syndrome, hey? Yeah. 83, I'm pretty sure they also went to the Stanley Cup and lost to the Canadians. The Flames did. Uh, Dang. But, uh, yeah, uh, 66 goals. By the way, just quick note on Gretz. Also paired those 71 goals with 125 assists. <laughs> so, yeah. So, needless to say, he, uh, he won the Art Ross that year. But yeah, besides that one season where he narrowly missed out on beating Gretzky for the Art Ross, it, it's not a lot of hardware. And, you know, obviously everyone remembers him being, you know, the captain of the 89 team, the co-captain with Jim Poplinski. Yeah. But even in that season, he didn't do a lot of the heavy lifting. In fact, Con- the Conn Smythe winner was my selection for uh, most underrated player of all time. So, uh, yeah, my overrated pick is Lenny McDonald. I guess I don't really have any, like, beef with that. Again, I obviously never watched Lanny play either. Right. Uh, he could be like, like there are certain players that I associate with teams as like, man, he, like David Legwand was just the heart and soul of the, oh, Predators. the Predators. Yeah. And every NHL game, like when each player kind of had like a feature on each team. And mm-hmm. so like ours was again, like the Leafs had Sundin. David Legwand was the guy and like, he wasn't, yeah. he wasn't that good. <laughs> right. Yeah. But he was just, he played there a million yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. So there might be something to that, that Lanny was kind of our heart and soul guy face the franchise without being like a prolific scorer. Yeah, that's exactly my point is his number is retired. No one can ever wear number nine for the Calgary Flames ever again. And like my pick for overrated guy is not hung up. And yeah, I think arguably he had a way better Calgary Flames career. Well, and <laughs> it's so he won the cup and then retired. Right. Yep. He just walked off in the sunset. And mm-hmm. I think when guys do that, like you retire on top. That like cements you the Jay Z right like the Ray Lewis right yeah. he had the weird, Michael Jordan yeah yeah John Elway mm-hmm. you just take yep. the cup you f off into the sunset and no one hears from you again yep. I, work. I think that yeah totally that cements you more so than you maybe would have otherwise when Phil Rivers is kind of like yeah kind of morbid but it's kind of like being a musician who dies young yeah right if you like only put out two albums they're both great and then you accidentally kill yourself yeah right it's uh you know you didn't have time to fuck it up you know totally yeah. So I, I, I see your point. And I honestly don't have a big argument. And again, I can't do the eyeball test with Lanny because I didn't watch, but just looking at yeah, the precisely. stats and stuff, like there are a lot of guys on those teams that were scoring at a lot higher rate than he was. Okay, cool. Your overrated flame, Matt Cube. My overrated flame. So I tried to think of guys that I watched growing up thinking like, man, like he's so good. Mm-hmm. And that turned out as an adult, you look back and my guy was Phil Housley. And okay. I, He's in the Hall of Fame. More like he, Phil Lousy, am I right? He's coaching the Sabres right now. <laughs> but his best seasons were not in Calgary. Right, yeah. Like, like I don't know if these names would mean anything to you, but, like, I remember Jeff Schantz and, like, Jason <laughs> wow. Weimer and, like, all these yeah. dudes being like, man, like, go Flames. Derek Morris. Yeah. That's, like, really early Flames for us, right? Yeah. And, like, I, I kind of lump Housley in as, like, the best of those guys. Yeah. And he had two tours in Calgary, so one in the mid-90s for two seasons. Yeah, and then he came that. back in 1998. But, like, his last, you know, his best year here was 55 points and, right. like, 11 goals. Like, that's, like, pretty good. good. That's a good season. Is that, like, Hall of Fame defenseman stuff, though? Well, his Hall of Fame career, obviously, is extrapolated over many teams. Yeah. He, I he, think, 
Yeah, sorry. I was just going to say, he had yeah. a lot of years with the Sabres in the 80s where he was scoring like a point per game, like 77 points one year. Yep. So that like adds to his resume. Wow, he had 97 points on the Jets. I was actually going to mention, I remember him as a Sabre more than I remember him as a Flame. Right. And that's so, that's kind of my point is yeah. that he brought all this clout and like, wow, Phil Housley's like such a legend and he's on Flames. Yep. But like, I, he just, I don't know. I guess I don't have a beef with that either. Uh, again, the only thing that I, I kind of will poke a hole in it is I don't really consider like Phil Housley to be like a great flame. So that's that's part of the issue why I had such a hard time with like yeah. this overrated thing, right? That was kind of like, yeah, what I was thinking is I remember him as like the anchor, the quarterback of this flame. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, this vaunted flames attack with right. Valerie Burry. I feel like he was the first like, this guy used to be good, so let's sign him. Yeah. yeah. Flames love to do. Maybe. Yeah. And he was just like a big name. Now he's old and slow and can't really skate anymore. Right. Yeah. yeah. We love doing that. Now Andre Zuzin, we Tony Amante. finally afford him. Let's bring him in, even though he's bad now. Yeah. Fuck, Tony Amante. I forgot we had. Todd Bertuzzi. Dude, that was a sick line with Tony Amante, Chuck Kobasu, and Matthew Lombardi, the Italian sausage line. <laughs> right. Wait, say that again. Chuck Kobasu, Matthew Lombardi, and Tony Amante. Chuck Kobasu's not Italian. No, but he's the sausage, like kielbasa, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> Where do you find this stuff? I don't know. I, I remember that nickname from being like a child. Someone someone somewhere called it the Italian sausage line and I was into it. God. Yeah. But I remember like signing Owen Nolan and kind of thinking, Owen Nolan's still in the league? And then he was a flame one year. Do you know that Owen Nolan is from Northern Ireland? He's not from Canada. Owen. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. It's a little, little I little will always you. remember him as the, I think it was an all-star game shootout or yeah, something. The point. The yeah. point. Yeah. And then, like, again, I thought, wow, Owen Nolan, like, what a sniper. And then, he, like, <laughs> he was on NHL in, like, 2001. Yeah. yeah Great yeah. pickup by the Flames. That's right. Nine years later. Yeah. I know. Oh, oh, they, oh, they, oh, they loved got Jeff Friesen. I'm like, oh, man, he can fucking fly. He's Big a shot. great skater. Yeah. Faster than Matthew Lombardi, which I yeah. never thought. Yeah, I know. I was so fucking amped about Jeff Friesen. It's too bad. Do you remember Brendan Morrison? Dude, yes. I do remember Brendan Morrison. I do. That was weird. That right. that did not feel great. I know Cody probably had a little beef with that because I remember as kids we used to bitch at Brendan Morrison all the time for making us stay up for that like triple overtime. Yeah, game. yeah. And then he slides into the corner on his fucking knees. Yeah, fucking yeah. Ah, oh, it's too bad. Gives okay, nightmares still. All right, so now uh, we're gonna talk uh, underrated flame. Yeah, I've obviously teased it a little bit, so I'll just go ahead and uh, review his resume. Played twelve seasons here. Was the alternate captain on the Cup winning Stanley Cup team where he won the Conn Smythe. He has. Uh, second all-time on the Flames all-time assist lead, which obviously tells you how terrible this franchise is in terms of finding center depth, but that's neither here nor there, nor is it anywhere. Uh, scored 20 goals six times as a member of the Flames, was an all-star four times with the Flames, finished second in Norris voting twice as a member of the Calgary Flames. Did he never win the Norris here? He never won I know the who you're here. talking about. Wow. Yep. Uh, Al McGinnis. Olympic gold medal winner. Man, honestly, so fucking good. And the fact that he is not retired, he's forever aflamed. It's and bullshit. Donald, yeah, is retired. It that's that's kind of my whole beef with it. I I almost consider Al McInnes to be a better flame. In fact, I I'll go ahead and say it. I think Al McInnes is a better flame than Lanny McDonald. Right. So for what it's worth, Al McInnes more than double points as a flame than Lanny McDonald. There you go. Bada-bing. As a defenseman. Yeah. Yeah. For real. That's wild. Yep. He is great. He played here a long time, went to go chase a cup, presumably with the Blues, right? Yeah. And uh, and Chris Pronger, I think. Yeah, yeah, he did. I will always remember him for Rock'em Sock'em, like three, when he put that slap shot through the boards in a warm-up. 
And Don Cherry just like creaming just himself. Just jizzes pants, yeah. Like, why are you shooting at A? How do you shoot at so hard at B? Why in warm-ups? And this is back when like guys didn't wear helmets in warm-ups. Yeah. So it's just like Al and like, you know, the Ke- old Keith game. Kachuk's bald head and gray beard. And he's just unloading this missile that puts a hole in the boards. Amazing. But yeah. Yeah, I I'm a kid as well. I've I've openly jerked him off on this podcast before. He was very so, good. I have no yeah, f- he's great. I yeah, I don't know how underrated he is. Like he he's I guess from the forever a plane thing. Yeah. That he's like maybe like unrespected and from the organization. I think from the perspective of if you asked a casual person on the street in Calgary, name three Calgary flames that like stick to your head all time, right? They'd probably go J.I., Lanny, and then Theo Fleury, right? Sure. But Al McInnes, I would argue, is as influential, if not more so, in terms of the team being good than yeah. any of those guys, right? He's got more cups than J.I. He's got more con smites than Theo Fleury. He's got more points than Lanny McDonald. Yet nobody talk- His number is not even retired. Yeah, it should be retired. That's yeah. bullshit. But he was number two, right? And I don't think anyone's really worn number two True. since we started kind of this. Yeah, recent- I, I can't think of a number two. I think his is kind of like respectfully not worn. Yeah. Unlike Joe Newendike's 25, which apparently <laughs> you can just use his toilet paper in the dome. Brandon Bullig and Freddie Hamilton. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> okay, back you. Talk to me. Who's your underrated flame? Uh, my underrated flame is Gary Roberts. Okay, and that might sound Too much man, right? <laughs> uh, for those who don't get it, uh, he he when he played with the Penguins, he got a penalty, and I don't know if this was like CBC Punjabi or what, <laughs> but the instead of saying too many men. The thing says too much man, two minutes for being too much man. And I don't know why we find that so funny, but he will forever be too much man. He truly is. But anyways, he's sixth all time in flame scoring in only 580 games. So that's mm-hmm. like six, seven seasons. Right. Uh, He like, I think he's first all time in Pims as a flame. Nice. In an era where Pims were good for some <laughs> yeah. reason. I don't really get why. Very elite company if you're number one on Pims with the Flames. Yeah. I just, we're a who's who, man. And he's kind of a guy that I've lumped in with like Doug Gilmore and like Joel Otto in terms of like, yeah, these guys were good Flames, but not like legends. Yeah, right? you don't remember them. Spe- like outside of Calgary, they're remembered as whatever, Penguins or Minnesota yeah. or Stars or whatever. Like yeah. Gary Roberts is fourth all time in goals as a Flame. Mm-hmm. Like... I just, I guess when we started this exercise, I wasn't thinking I was going to pick Gary Roberts. I had yep. a couple other guys in mind as being underrated. Right. But I was like, man, he was like really, really good. Yeah, he was. And maybe even like uh, from our generation's perspective, maybe older guys would look, listen to this and go, well, of course, Gary Roberts. Like he's fucking unreal. Yeah. But like guys our age are 25, probably don't think of him as like a legendary flame. Yeah. And uh, yeah, because to me growing up, Gary Roberts was on the Leafs, right? I remember like Gary Roberts from that. Yeah, the two thousands with like Ed Belfour and Eric Lindros. And Joe Newendike. Yeah, the and fucking Ron Francis. The old balls leaves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When they were just going out there signing whoever, whatever big free agent they could get. That was wild. Yeah. That was a weird time. Like even his last year in Calgary was ninety five, ninety six. He had forty two points in thirty five games. Yep. And then uh, seventy eight Pims, let's fucking go. Right? Yeah. And then he got traded. But yeah. On on top of all that, Gary Roberts also has like a legacy as being like the gym rat. Him and like Rod Brindamore just like yeah. doing push-ups together even in their old age. Hard nose, he'll score a goal and then he'll kick your ass, yep. right? Yep. I got a lot of respect for Gary Roberts, so. And as aficionado of like obscure throwback jerseys, like you never see like Roberts around the dome. That's true. 
Like, Michael, pick one up just because we did this. You know what, man? If if I see someone in a Gary Roberts jersey, I'm, like, shaking his hand because it's either either he actually, like, his dad or someone bought that and it got, like, loaned down to yeah. him. Or he is like us and, like, went and, like, looked at the numbers. Like, you know what? Gary Roberts doesn't get enough love. Yeah. I'm going to crush this guy with a Gary Roberts, you know? My favorite jersey I think I've ever seen, and it wasn't at the Dome. It was at Vegabond okay. after a Flames game, I think. Yep. Getting one quick one before bed, you know, that like I right. really needed after <laughs> the game. And he had like a Gaudreau number 53 yeah. from like his one cup of coffee game yeah. is a rookie. That's sweet. And he I, just knew, man. <laughs> and I was like, that that is a cool jersey. Yeah. If you ever see like a Backland 60 or a TJ Brody 66 kicking around. Yeah, yeah I'm all know. for it. By the way, TJ Brody, little fun trivia. Last guy in the NHL to wear 66. Wow. Yep. Just a Flames legend. Yeah, yeah. I a know. league-wide legend, actually. For real. Yeah, uh, my favorite NHL jersey that I've still seen around the Dome is the What a Ride 04. That's the best one. That's Nothing Nothing has beaten that jersey. <laughs> but, yeah. Actually, I was at the game on Thursday, and I, a guy s- sitting in front of us was wearing a number 68 Jagger Bombs. Oh, that's funny. Wow. I love it. And I was like, okay, that's pretty sweet, especially because he, like, played here for like five minutes 35 games yeah that you're committed to the jagger bombs jersey yeah or jagger bombs i no, guess it's sweet and i also i very much enjoy the fact that when we like see the jagger guys anywhere there's gonna be like one flames representative there yeah i'm fucking into that Get oh him. yeah okay cool we're gonna put a pin in it we're gonna come back with some mail and we're gonna wrap this thing up So we got a little bit of fan mail to close out the show. Uh, our guy Jojo writes in. Jojo says, Sup, guys. How do you feel about the All-Star game itself? Do you guys watch the game and all the fun stuff attached to it? Keep it short and sweet. That way you're not having to read it all. Jojo, not a burner account. <laughs> all right. Uh, I guess I'll take this one because I feel like I'm like most hockey fans and that I watched a little bit of the All-Star weekend. Right. I didn't schedule like oh i gotta be home for x o'clock yeah yeah i'm with you right in pvr it i actually to be honest i didn't watch any of the skills comp yep and i tuned in halfway through the three-on-three thing and it was mm-hmm. the pacific was playing and i was like fuck yeah let's see yeah. gaudreau and mcdavid they're so good last year they like crushed everyone and then they laid an egg and they lost like seven two that's right and oh, i didn't watch the final yeah so i guess to answer the question like it's cool on sunday afternoon with no football I got nothing else to do. I'm, right. I'm like not going to avoid it, mm-hmm. but I don't care enough. And I don't think the players care enough so, to like make an appointment viewing. For sure. Uh, I definitely agree with the whole take that it is not appointment viewing. It's not really a, a marquee thing that I go out of my way to watch. However, I will, and I will extrapolate this to every All-Star game. I don't care about the game itself. The game, I don't think the players care about the game. Right. I care about the weekend where like, you know, the fans get to go out and like watch all these dudes like do dumb shit in the skills competition. None, none of them take it seriously, obviously. I'm pretty sure 90% of them are tanked while they're doing it. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and like, I'm into that. I like I like sports because it is a people-run business. It's about people. I yeah. see these, like, athletes that, you know, obviously from the time they're 14 or whatever, just starting to gain some notoriety, get media trained, get some of their, like, personality zapped out, and then for one or two hours in the middle of February, they get to, like, go be themselves and, like, hang out with other, you know, athletes i think that's cool i will concur that i remember the one year it would they did a friday night draft to pick mm-hmm. the teams yeah 
and it was the year like last place got like a car or something and phil kessel got picked last because yeah. the Leafs were dog shit that year and it was very funny right and ovechkin was like loser drunk yeah he kept like like writing like my car sucks on signs and jumping in front of the camera yeah so like that was cool yeah but i can't say that i watched the all-star game that weekend right. after the draft true but I agree with you that, like, seeing the players kind of cut loose. Yeah, the game doesn't matter to me. It's everything else that comes with it. So my follow-up question, I guess, would be, let's say Calgary gets a new rink and hosts the All-Star Weekend. Are you, like, buying tickets? Sure, for sure. I kind of think I am, too. Yeah. Assuming they're not a zillion dollars, but, like, yeah. the skills comp, you know, have a few beers on Saturday. That sounds fun. Yeah. Then Sunday afternoon, like, what else am I doing? Like, yeah. sure. Mm -hmm. I think it'd be way more fun Dude, live. And I guarantee you, like, the whole town will be out. If, oh if, yeah you know like every bar in the city is gonna be packed in the hopes that you know we're gonna run into fucking Sidney crosby like you know shotgun beers with connor mcdavid at national i uh i have on good authority that when it was in ottawa mm -hmm. and i had a few friends at attending carlton at the time yeah and carrie price was out at like the student bar or whatever just yeah. liquored yeah and i think it was it must have been the day before the skills comp because mm -hmm. i don't think he'd be hung but they said it was like holy fuck carrie price can bury those drinks <laughs> And I, yeah, like, like you said, if I, you know, knew that they were going to Cowboys, yeah, I'd probably like, yeah, we'd move mountains. We'd be like, yo, we're gonna go hang out with these guys. It'd be yeah. sweet. Yeah. Think about that one time we saw all the flames at Cowboys anyway. Totally. Right? Do you remember that? We all like got pictures with uh, or, uh, Ryan. recently, like the Grey Cup was at Cowboys on a Wednesday. Yeah. And I'd like to say, like, oh no, I have more self esteem. I care about my job more. Like, I wouldn't go out on Wednesday. <laughs> but guess who was fucking at Cowboys yep. at 1 a.m. Wednesday night drinking out of the Grey Cup? Absolutely. And so was I. And get, uh, no regrets. No. Yeah. Would, yeah, it was, it was 10 out 10 would do again. For sure. Yeah. Really embarrassing. But, uh, <laughs> okay. On that night, I, I was like saw like two or three Stampeders hanging out and I was like yo I'm gonna like go make these guys my friends oh. and in the, the like the dumbest I can't believe I I can't believe I thought even for a second this was gonna work I went up to one and I was like yo are you two chains he's like no get the fuck out of here <laughs> I'm like all right <laughs> what I don't know why that was my move I don't know why I thought that was gonna endear myself to him I was pretty drunk man I've been drinking for like seven hours at that point but yeah that was my opener I'm like okay Joe you can do this right you can go talk to these guys no problem just pretend he's two chains yeah, and it'll like, be I'm like yo are you two chains it's like what the fuck no get out of here all right man. oh my oh god yeah dear I know I know <sighs> too bad not my proudest moment but uh yeah it happened and uh good lord for the record they still let me hang out with them and drink beer out of the out of the gray cup so that's all it's important yep Okay, cool. Uh, do we have anything else we need to address? We uh, had something. Oh, that's right. Matt Goob, uh, so I'm on the fly here. Yeah. <laughs> I bought a round of coffees before the taping today, and uh, we're going to do a live roll up the rim because go Canada. Yep. And uh, if I win, I'd like to celebrate with you guys. Because cool. I have a good feeling that this is going to be like the $100,000 or like new car or like, like 10 cents off a photo print at Walmart or something. Okay, cool. Oh shit, I think I want something. Free coffee! All right, look at that. The gift it keeps on giving. Let's wow, see. wow. My man, I love it. You can check the most world's most suspenseful video on Instagram <laughs> if you want to see that in real time. That was horrendous form, by the way. I was going to say, I thought, like, Yo, <laughs> how long have you been doing this? To be fair, the so the arrow points to like a certain corner of the rim, and that's not at all where the... Uh, where the text is right and let alone that i don't speak french and so i read the word cafe 
And I was like, I, did I win a whole restaurant? Like, what did this possibly mean? And it turns out the cafe is probably French for coffee based on the English side saying you want a coffee. I can't wait for Tim Hortons to uh, take our audio and our video here and turn it into a bad commercial. Yeah, Matt Cube and I were just doing a podcast and it said free coffee. So, yeah, I went out there and I got a bunch of coffees for the boys. So this is a true story. One year for Christmas in my stocking, I got a rim roller. Okay. And really, it's like this little device that's slightly curved as in to go around a rim. But like, I couldn't figure it out. It took me forever. And I was like, fuck, my teeth are way better. Little did I know that you turn it the other way and it has like a metal thing goes and then boom, rim rolled in like 10 seconds. (laughs) But I probably had this thing for two years, just like shoving it on the paper. Couldn't figure it out. Before I realized that you turn it around, it goes. Yep. So anyway, I'm just a shitty rim roller. That, that was the moral of that story. Hey, that's all right, man. You know what? Between you and I, we've told some very cringy stories today. So <laughs> I think we're going to go put ourselves in timeout. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Seeing Red Podcast. We'll be back next week. Make sure you answer our Instagram question thing that I put up today. Uh, we might mix in a poll again next week and uh, look out for more stuff coming from us in the future. Thanks for listening. This is Seeing Red.